Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. As we mentioned uh, off the top of the show today, it was a busy day at City Hall with a number of things uh, discussed at the General Issues Committee, uh, including uh, P.J. Mercanti and his group, the Hamilton 100 group. And uh, I'm glad we were able to get him on here and get some clarification as to what's going on. I, I'm getting mixed reaction from a lot of uh, folks on social media about this. Uh, and there are still those voices and those opinions that say this is not worth doing. You know, we can be doing something different and, or nothing at all, I guess. Uh, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But, uh, the, the, you know, the games are going to happen someplace. And uh, it makes all kinds of sense, I think, for an awful lot of people to have the 100th anniversary of the games right here in Hamilton, where the game started uh, so many years ago. And there are huge economic benefits to this. And I understand that a lot of people are drawing the analogy between this potential bid and the Pan Am games from a few years ago. But let's keep in mind that Toronto is the center of that. And, and Toronto did benefit from a, an economic standpoint and from a, an infrastructure standpoint. Uh, Hamilton got a stadium out of it, but I mean, there there could have been had we been the center of this uh, much more. But let's wait till November and get some of the details about this, and then we'll go from there. One of the other issues, very controversial issues, that was talked about at Hamilton City Hall, and I, I'm sure will be for uh, days and weeks, if not months, to come now, is the uh, no hate in the hammer uh, movement that's going on, and of course the uh, uh, displays of uh, well, some people would just characterize it as nothing more than hatred. Uh, that have been going on in front of Hamilton City Hall over the last couple of Saturdays. Uh, City decided yesterday to hire a consultant to weigh in on the proposed hate mitigation policies and to help with community consultation. Uh, City Councilor Brad Clark was, uh, of course, one of the people that supported that. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, give us an explanation as to what they're looking for. Brad, good morning. Thanks so much for the time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been intricately involved in this. You've attended uh, some of the anti-hate rallies at Hamilton City Hall. Uh, and, And... Talk to us, Brad, about how you see this as as moving forward and how this is actually going to help to combat some of the, the anger and some of the frustration and some of the hate, frankly, that we've seen lately. Well, for the city staff and the council to consider policies uh, with regards to how we deal with, with hate uh, in the forecourt and on municipal properties, um, I think we all agreed around the council table that it was important for us to do some initial consultations uh, with residents so that we can truly understand and and see through their perspective what they have been experiencing. Just because you and I, Bill, we're not experiencing hate or racism uh, in our lives does not extrapolate to others who are experiencing race and hatred. So we need to hear from those folks. But we also need to hear from some some experts who actually understand um, the alt-right movement, the white supremacist movement, and and how a municipality can actually modify policies and bylaws to actually help protect people uh, from that type of discrimination. Now, who's actually going to be doing this? Because I know there was some discussion around this, and I know you had some concerns about who actually might be hired on this, uh, whether it's going to be an outside group, somebody from inside here that knows the city and maybe knows uh, some of the background as to what's been going on here right now. What, what are you looking for as a council? Um, my, my, my preference was to have someone who, who understands um, the issue of the rise of, of hatred uh, in North America and across the world um, also has a good understanding and experience with um, community consultations and, and that type of work. Um, I, I prefaced my comments with the caveat that I, I just don't want us to hire a public relations firm 
to get us through this process. We really want to get some facts uh, and actually have someone who understands what's going on in the broader concept uh, in the broader society and how that would help us in the city of Hamilton. And I suggested that we reach out to McMaster University because they're uh, they have a diversity office there. They have many professors who are well-experienced and versed in it and also well-experienced and versed in community um, um, consultations. Uh, and I mentioned uh, Emil Joseph as someone that, that I'm familiar with who is who's done a lot of this work. Whether or not Emil is the person that actually does the consultation or we ask him for his input on how we do the consultation, either way I think would benefit the city of Hamilton moving forward. And the city manager seemed to embrace that, that idea. So the city manager is the one that ultimately is making these decisions. Uh, and is the city manager's office the one that's actually going to decide just what the next step is now that you've given them the direction? Yes, yes. It's, it's her job to, to bring this uh, back to council with the, the next step on the consultation and how it's going to roll out just in case council has any further suggestions and then we move it out so um, we understand it's taking a little bit longer uh, but we're confident that we have moved a few motions that that clearly uh, puts the line in the sand that we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior and and you're familiar with those motions mm-hmm. uh, and and we're making a very public stance uh, against hate and standing with the community all of that being said, here's some other things that we want to look at, and here's the consultation. Then it will come back with some policies for us that finds the right balance between freedom of assembly and freedom of expression, but recognizing that, that we can't allow um, the incidents of hate and violence that have been occurring on our public property. Now, yesterday in the meeting, uh, the city manager, Jenna Smith, uh, said that the ideal candidate would be somebody who is an expert in both hate mitigation and fostering community response. Is there a long list of people to go to for something like that? That's 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 a pretty specific uh, set of values there. And and, and, and again, to you, and I, I agree with my, your analogy of this too. Uh, you don't want a PR group at this stage, but you don't want somebody who's going to put a, a spin on this or a gloss on this. I mean, you want somebody who's going to deal with these problems. It has to be legitimate, authentic consultation. Otherwise, we're we're going to lose any trust that we're building up in the community, and we're going to lose credibility. Um, we want to make sure that what we're doing and what we receive from the consultation has true value and it helps to inform our decisions moving forward. So to your earlier question, I suspect it is a narrow scope of people that could do that work from both sides, but I am aware that there are some people uh, in the Hamilton area uh, that could do that, um, and I think most people would, would hope that we have someone that truly understands Hamilton and understands uh, what's been happening here to to guide us through the next step. Brad, you've been around in politics and public life for a long time now. I, I, one of the questions that I, I think needs to be asked here is, how did we get to this point? Well, that's a million-dollar question, Bill. Yeah. Um, I, my personal opinion is that uh, it really seemed to begin to percolate in the broader community uh, after uh, President Trump was elected and started to really push the envelope in terms of what is the normal statesmanlike comments from a president. And as a result, I think in many respects, um, people who had the, this inclination that they, they were racist or they, they didn't like certain people or they were xenophobic uh, felt 
somehow empowered and and justified in them speaking up and making statements because after all the president of the united states most powerful man in the world is making those statements and so i i really do believe sincerely that that was probably the impetus that started this i've lived in hamilton my entire life it is a caring compassionate charitable and accepting community the vast majority of residents are appalled by what is going on most people weren't even aware that there were incidents of racism happening in the community because they're not experiencing it. Uh, but now that they're aware of it, um, people would want us to do what we can to, to stem this tide. And, 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 and that's the broader picture, and you're absolutely right. I guess, uh, you know, obviously you're concerned with what's happening in your own community, but this is, this is a worldwide issue. It's not just a Hamilton issue. Uh, it is. I, I mean... You don't have to be a political junkie to understand that these issues have, have been percolating in Europe for the last decade. France has had some real challenges with anti-Semitism and, and, and horrific violence against Jewish people uh, on the streets of France. Uh, and it has, has spread throughout Europe. And, and, of course, Mr. Trump did his thing. And we're seeing a rise. I mean, the anti-hate network is saying, you know, there's been a 30% increase uh, over the last decade of uh, white, uh, white supremacist uh, hate groups being formed and, and organized. That's a concern. Now, they may not be multiples of numbers, but we know they exist, and we know that they're trying to expand their numbers. And, and they're not afraid of, of, of being aggressive uh, in their beliefs. And I think that's a real challenge. And that's where we have to wrestle with that balance of freedom of expression, freedom of assembly. But we can't allow people to spread hatred against identifiable groups. We can't allow people to be violent against identifiable groups. And, and I think that the police departments are learning more and more about what hate crimes they can um, uh, convict on. And, and they're beginning to act, and we're seeing it right across the province. We saw a lady charged yesterday with assault after she spit on, on someone after making racist, racial slurs at him, and it's all over the Twitterverse. But this is happening right across uh, the country, um, but it's not the majority, and we need to keep stressing that. The majority of Canadians are accepting, caring people, just like in Hamilton. Well, and added to that toxic mix, of course, of hatred is is the the idea that social media, as you just mentioned, has taken off, and that gives these voices a platform, whereas in the past that wasn't necessarily available to them. And it gives them a platform uh, that is anonymous. Um, many of these these individuals who uh, are spewing some ridiculous statements and 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 on the internet are are completely anonymous. No one knows who they are. Uh, but it is interesting now that Facebook and, and Twitter are looking at their accounts, and they're canceling accounts now where it's very clear that these people are inciting violence and hatred against identifiable groups. So there's that concept that that's happening also. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. I think the social media world, while it's fantastic in terms of spreading the message um, and spreading positive messages, it can be equally uh, impressive by spreading negative and hateful messages, and, and we've seen that happen. Uh, back to the Hamilton circumstance, though, if, if we could, because obviously that's the one that, we, that you guys are going to be dealing with, what's going to happen right here. Uh, I, I, I agree with your assessment. As a lifetime Hamiltonian, I, I, I love this city, and I love the people in this city, and, and yes, there's always going to be people on the fringes uh, with these radical views, and they've always been there, I suppose. Uh, but when you get a report such as the one that was released a week or two ago, Brad, that suggested that Hamilton has more incidences of reported 
hate crimes than any other community. Uh, that's not the Hamilton I thought I knew, and and it's it's a reality. You know, I know some of your colleagues tried to disagree with that yesterday with some of their comments and say that's not representative. It probably I, I like to think it's not, but it's out there, and and it's a black mark on Hamilton's reputation. How does council deal with that? Yeah, uh, well, I, w- I would agree that it's not representative of the city of Hamilton as a whole, the residents as a whole, but the fact that it's happening and the fact that it is increasing uh, is a quite simply, it's a fact that we cannot ignore. I mean, the increase in hate incidents, the increase in hate crimes, um, uh, and Hamilton being the number one, which is not something we we, we want to brag about, um, it, it, it's a clarion call. It's the canary in the, goal, in the coal mine saying, hey, folks, wake up, there's an issue here. And, and, and I think that's what the community has been telling us. And I think that the politicians in the city from all levels of government are now waking up to this and they're realizing that this is a a real challenge and so we have to work with the broader community to educate people about what the hate is and 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 what's transpiring help educate people how to how can they help someone if they see someone being a victim of 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 um a hate incident or a racist incident what can they do to help that person? You know, how can they step into that and, and de-escalate the situation and let the victim know that they're not alone? Those are things that, that a municipality can help do that really will help our city grow. But I'm with you. We can't ignore it, it and, and, and we have to do everything we can uh, to mitigate it and, uh, in the long term, abate future incidents. One of the things that I've heard, and I'm sure you have over the last couple of months now, Brad, is is about the incidents of uh, these sorts of crimes and these sorts of, and many of them, of course, go unreported. But you know, if you talk to members of the Jewish community or, or, or the Muslim community, the Black community, the LGBTQ community, they're, they're telling us now that guys, this has been going on all the time. Uh, you just haven't been paying attention. And and now I think the light has been shone on this, and it's it's obviously incumbent upon not just council, but I think the whole community to do something like that. But when you hear those sorts of comments from some of those groups that have been impacted and 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 frankly victimized by this, uh, do we have a communication problem here where we're not talking to each other in this community? I would hope that we don't, um, but it 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 does beg the question why. Um, incidents of, of racism and incidents of hate are not being reported or is not being tracked. And that's why uh, I'm advocating and encouraging that the rebooting of the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center is pivotal to this for the city of Hamilton. If we can get Hark, the Resource Center, rebooted, and we can have people who are willing to talk to people who come in and have actually experienced uh, incidents of race, racism, and hatred, and, and we can provide some advice to them, but we're going to start tracking that information anonymously, and we have an online reporting system, and we can track it anonymously and, again, provide uh, referrals and advice to them. Then annually, we can give a report in terms of here's all of the incidents of hate, here's all of the incidents of actual hate crimes, and we can start to educate the broader community that although we're not experiencing it personally, our Jewish friends, our Muslim friends, our Sikh friends, uh, our, our black friends, they're all experiencing this. The LGBTQ community is, is definitely been experiencing this. And so we educate ourselves that this is happening, and I think people will start to realize, okay, so what can we do to help? And, and, and that's the question that comes out of it. 
and then we start to modify programs and do more public education to to abate it so that it, it stops so that people understand we're in this together our city of hamilton will succeed if we all succeed together and diversity is a part of our city and so we just have to work together through this process. Got a minute or so left here, Brad, and I appreciate your time Sorry. on this one. Uh, one of the most troubling aspects of this, as, as far as I can see over the last little while, is when I hear from these communities, from the LGBTQ community, especially after what happened during Pride Week, or the Jewish community, or Muslims, or blacks, or some of the other victimized communities, uh, they're saying that, look, it, there's been a broken trust here. They don't trust counsel. Uh, they don't trust police. Uh, they don't trust their greater community to be there for them. How do you build that bridge again? It starts with dialogue, um, and, and, and true dialogue. And by that, I mean not talking at the marginalized groups, not talking at the victimized groups, but listening to them, understanding exactly what they're saying, and not being dismissive, and listening to, to not just listening, but hearing what they're saying, and understanding it, and then working on, on ways to abate it in, in the future. We have to open that dialogue between the police department and, and these communities and between council and these communities. I know we're doing it on our consultation on the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center. We're being um, very proactive in that consultation. I expect that the consultation that the city manager is going to be doing will be very proactive and it will begin that dialogue. But that dialogue has to continue and we have to be willing to hear from people in terms of whether or not they feel we're doing enough or we're being successful. City Council Brad Clark. Brad, I know we pulled you out of a meeting for this. I really do appreciate the time. I'll let you get back to work, and uh, we'll talk about this soon. Take care. Thank you. Take care, Bill. That's uh, City Council Brad Clark. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.